0: Feeling is here. Yeah, son, you feel it, man, roll up, son, you gotta just do it, CNN. yo, yo, roll up, man, it's on different channel, son, roll up, on, man, roll up, watch the channel, son, different plane now, man, roll it up, all good, baby, in every Bruce hood, bridge. son, roll up, yo. CNN, network, channel 10, it's on again, network. street network. niggas, it's grown men, bold me face, gather up. your face. stay in place, yo, crime lace, cast more beef than Scarface, CNN, network, network channel 10, it's on again street no, niggas that's grown men your face call is now being recorded one of the
1: things that you know um i've heard talked about i think on like the joe rogan podcast and various other mma type things is um how bruce lee would do
2: in the octagon mm. yeah, and um oh. Um, I, Like I was
1: going to say, you know, because, you know, traditionally people who are like strict martial artists who just do like Kumite tournaments or whatever and whatever that thing is, whether it's karate or taekwondo or whatever, um, they usually don't do very well in the octagon. And I remember Joe Rogan talking about how like, you know, these supposed martial arts karate masters who could use their chi energy and do all this, you know, mythical type stuff, end up stepping in the octagon and getting fucked up. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but then, you know, I did hear either he or somebody else on the podcast, or maybe it was a, another podcast and um, entirely, but they were talking about how, like, you know, Bruce Lee was really about that life, and they said that he would... um he would go out into the city in like a disguise and sometimes he would dress up like a woman and purposely get himself into situations where he had to defend himself so that he could test out his moves and, you know, develop his style of, like, you know, his Jeet Kune Do or whatever. And um, something about how, like, he was probably, like, one of the first mixed martial artists because, you know, his style was a mix of various other styles that he had put together.
3: Mm. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, I remember Joe Rogan saying that, but um, I think like when he, especially when he when he mentioned like um, Bruce Lee being in the in the Octagon, um, I think he said it had like a, to him at least had like a, a lot to do with with his size. Mm. Like first his size, and then you know he just said like you know like to be realistic, if you're coming across like you know, I guess Rumble Johnson for example. Um, he's probably gonna knock your ass out I mean, see, I, I don't know, but then you know, even like he said, like you know, the sheer like just wrestling and how how big wrestling um is in the sport of of MMA, and that you know, you know, you just can't be punching and kicking people like you know, like you're in a kickboxing match or whatever like that, or like or, or like you know a muay, muay Thai or whatever like that. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure he probably wouldn't be able to, but I mean, he's fucking ripped though. That's the thing.
1: Tell about Bruce Lee?
3: I mean yeah. I mean so like I'm I'm assuming what he would be maybe like a like a what a featherweight or um what's the what's the step before, like below lightweight? Is that featherweight or I think above us. Oh featherweight, okay. But uh, okay, yeah, Bantamweight is is women's, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I think um You know, the thing with Bruce Lee, you know, I mean, of course he'd probably have to develop more grappling, but he probably did have some of that, some type of jujitsu or judo or aikido type thing going on with him. But I think what he lacked in wrestling, he could probably make up for with his speed. Because, you know, in order to grapple somebody, you have to get them kind of when they're kind of stationary and stuff. And, you know, Bruce Lee was so fast that, you know, on camera, he had to slow down his moves so that, um, you know, he could be picked up by the, um, I guess the, the uh, frames or whatever. So, you know, with him being that fast, I, I imagine he would be kind of hard to grapple. So it's like, you know, you go in for, uh, um, like a grapple or like a takedown and he's, you know, probably dodged it, moved around you and and kicked you in your head or something like that. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. You know, it's it's something, uh, you know, I wish that we could see, but...
3: (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, like... I mean, we know, like, you know, like, the earlier UFCs and even, like, Pride up to, you know, I mean, probably up to, like, its end point, they would just put, like, crazy large people against highly technical players, you know, like before you know, Hoyce Gracie. Yeah. Lord knows and how he would just tap out two hundred, three hundred pound people and it just took time. So I mean I mean maybe but I mean I'm pretty sure but you know like actually for example um I was listening to one of Rogan's pro- podcasts um, earlier today and they were talking about how um how jiu Jitsu
2: um, is it Jinjutsu? No, it's not.
3: How you say it? Uh, Jujutsu? Uh, yeah, Jujutsu, yeah. Mm. No, because they, 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 there's Ninjutsu, Jujutsu, isn't there another type of Jutsu that, that you can say? Or well,
2: that there is? I don't know, That might be.
3: Uh, this is why we we just, this is why we need Joe Rogan. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so, jujitsu and how it changes, like, um, like periodically. So, um, one fight that he had, um, I think it was Rory, Rory McDonald, and he was talking about how, you know, if he's gone for like five, six months, there's like these different techniques that he has no, idea, like he's never seen before. And they're just fucking him up, And he has one of them, you know, with like, you know, within, like a certain time span so he can have it for like his fight. Um, you know, that he has, you know, on UFC or whatever like that. And so, um, I don't know, but then it's like, it's weird to say though, because maybe Bruce Lee would have been, cause also the possibility that he, that he could have been like too set in his ways that he wouldn't, he wouldn't have any interest in learning anything about wrestling because, you know, it's more than just, you know, jujitsu. It's also, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn how to wrestle like that, that Greco-Roman type of wrestle, wrestle style. Yeah that's also pretty prevalent. And, like, for example, like, um another fighter that Joe Rogan had, you know, he's, like, a world-class kickboxer, Muay Thai, and all this other type of stuff. And he did, like, one MMA thing you lost, and he said that, you know, he just, he's not interested in really learning about grappling and, you know, re- and wrestling because he's a kickboxer. And it kind of sucks for him because, you know, he he wants to be famous, but... And if he if he runs it, you know he could probably he could just shoot up the fame probably to a certain extent. But he said he already put in like you know thirty years of his life into like you know what he what he what he, what he already knows. And so putting in like an extra ten like extra ten years, and he's already like thirty eight. Mm. I mean, it's just kind of. I mean, nine times out of ten, physically, it probably just can't happen. So um I, I can I can see his dilemma, but. If you go into, like, you know, supposedly, like, the first MMA fight between Muhammad Ali and that wrestler, I can't think of his name. Hmm. you know what I'm talking about?
1: I don't, actually. I don't even know if I've heard of this.
3: Um, okay, so if, um, well, mind you, for listeners out there, and this is all through Wikipedia, but, um... They mentioned it before, like in one of World's podcasts. And so, if you go, if you like, look up MMA on Wikipedia, it goes to the history of MMA. And apparently, like the first MMA, well, at least for for right now, at least the first MMA fight that people are considering an MMA fight is between Muhammad Ali and this one like kind of big Japanese wrestler, and they had like a big fight. Big money was involved, and I think Muhammad Ali went to Japan to fight him, and it was like a whole bunch of shit talking and whatever like that. To make a long story short, it lasted like twelve rounds or whatever like that, and they were, and people think that like that the fight was kind of fixed because like literally nothing happened. Like I think Muhammad Ali threw maybe like two punches, and the other guy maybe like stomped him like twice when he when supposedly Muhammad Ali was on the floor or something like that. Um, but it was like really fixed and they had like all these different rules of what they couldn't do to each other. Mm-hmm. so no one could get hurt. But they made like a lot of money, but although everyone like said like the fight was shitty because no one did anything. Um, but they became like really good friends after a while and um I think uh Muhammad Ali he was uh he went to, he came to Japan to, like to see him fight, his 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 like final fight and stuff like that. And I think like the other Japanese guy came to Muhammad Ali's matches and stuff like that. But um, that was seen like, the first fight um, of MMA, you know, mixing different martial arts. And apparently they had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> um, because, like, based on that, actually, I forgot, I, I meant to look at to see if I could find it on YouTube. You know, he had, like, his his boxing gear on, and the other guy just had his wrestling gear on, and they were just, you know, just pretty much just jumping around this <laughs> ring.
2: <laughs> it sounds kind of silly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess when thrust into a new situation like that, you know, you pretty much don't know what to do, especially because, you know, combat sports have historically been so, you know, restricted. Like, you know, you have boxing and you have kickboxing. And I was always surprised that kickboxing never really popped off, um, you know, with K-1 or whatever. Um, Because I remember I used to watch it on ESPN2 back in the day. And then you have, like, you know, your sumo wrestling and various styles. And it's like, you know, it's always been this this whole thing of, you know, which style is the best. And I'm just wondering why is it – why has it taken so long for somebody to get the bright idea of, oh, let's actually do this and mix it together?
3: I mean, mean, if I had to say, I think it's because, you know, like a lot of these types of styles – like, I mean, I know, like, for karate, for example, it was made, it, like, be, certain styles were made sp- for specific reasons. And they were kind of, like, restricted in various ways. Like, karate, it was, like, literally made for self-defense. Kung fu with, like, the Shaolin monks, or Shaolin kung fu, at least. Well, you know, with the Shaolin monks. Um, you know, it's pretty much locked away in the fucking temple <laughs> for thousands of years. And, um, you know, and I guess even, like, you know, um are just, to a certain extent, until, like, the Gracie family came along and they kind of unlocked it and made it, like, this big thing. Mm. So, I mean, so, I think it makes, like, a lot of sense. I mean, you know, everything was so, you know, insular.
2: Yeah, that's true. It's, like, I think about, you know, um,
1: martial arts um, as, like, a war tactic and, like, you know... Throughout history, you had to have had different cultures who have had different types of martial arts that have um, uh, come into, you know, contact with each other. And, you know, each martial art kind of has its own type of philosophy. And I've always wondered, you know, which ones um, historically have, you know, beaten other ones. Because I know, Mm -hmm. like, with karate, you know, studying karate, the whole thing is... Um, you know, how to beat somebody who's bigger than you and how to focus your energy um, on a particular point that can really damage someone. So, like, you know, it's all about, like, when you punch, you punch with the, you know, your middle knuckle and, like, your first knuckle because that's aligned with your wrist and you can get more power and you want to punch from the shortest possible distance as fast as you can And I guess, you know, kind of with that whole Bruce Lee one-inch punch thing of how you you, you, you channel your energy all in one specific point. And so, you know, other, you know, philosophies have different things like, I guess, the Aikido, Judo type thing is more about center of gravity and throwing somebody off balance and stuff like that. So, um, and all these things were developed to kind of compete against other people in, you know, real life situations. So, Mm -hmm. You know, it's always interesting to see how they play out. But um, one thing that I'm kind of interested in, um, you know, the guy who did the documentary, Cocaine Cowboys?
3: Um, Yeah, you know, I have yet to, to see that damn documentary.
1: Me too, but um, he has a new documentary out about um, underground Miami street fighting. And um, you know they fight in backyards and stuff. It's basically the whole type of thing that Kimbo Slice came from. Um,
3: I I think I think I just added that to my list actually on on Netflix the other day.
1: Oh, it's on Netflix.
3: Um, I think so. I know it's about you know backyard uh, street fighting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, matter of fact, the guy who did I can't think of his name, but he he did an interview on the fighter and the kid, and basically he, you know. Through cocaine cowboys, he has a lot of street cred to where he's able to, you know, go to these various hoods and stuff like that and really get into that world. And um, it's funny because, you know, with MMA, I was listening to an interview recently and they're talking about, you know, how this is like kind of, you know, the closest that you can get to actual real-life situations. And I think somebody actually did say, you know, this is like a real-life, you know, street fight or whatever. And I'm still up here thinking, not... Really, because you have gloves on your hands and you train for months for all of this, you know, and get yourself into top physical condition. So now, and, and you know, I've never seen the movie Fight Club. I mean, I want to see that too. But, you know, now I'm thinking about kind of getting into watching these street fights and really seeing how, you know, stuff plays out.
2: Yeah,
3: um, a dog fight.
1: Dog fight, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is what it's
3: called, yeah. Yeah, Miami. Yep. Yeah. Um I mean yeah, you have a point on I mean, it. Actually, um I watched one of one of Kimbo Slice's fights and um it was interesting. Um it wasn't it wasn't UFC though, it was um something else. I'm sure it was maybe it was before UFC, I'm not entirely sure, but he went up against um, a, like another like kind of classic street brawler brawling kind of guy He like a big burly type of white dude and um and Kimbo like Kimbo won but it was interesting because like you know their fighting style that they put up they put um they, they put it as brawling <laughs> and so I went and I was like, oh, shit, brawling is like considered like a martial art? And so I hooked it up and no, it's not considered a martial art. But I guess that was like the best thing they could take think of that was still kind of classy. Yeah,
1: there's something called shoot fighting, which um, I guess that was what some of the fighters were characterized as on that first UFC um, that you showed. Them. I think they said Ken Shamrock to shoot fighting. And um I would mean to look that up and see exactly what that is and what that consists of.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't really understand it. And man, like if you look at like Ken Shamrock from like the first UFC and then you know, you, you see him in the WWF and then he goes back and then he goes back to like pride, he goes he goes back to MMA like to pride. And you can tell he's obviously on some type of steroid. <laughs> It is so obvious because he was he was never ripped like all like that in the in the WWF. Maybe that's one of the reasons. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he never got the He only got the Intercontinental uh, title. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true because like I mean they did say that you know Pride kind of um, encouraged their fighters to be on steroids and stuff like that because I mean for a better show. So. And there was nothing in that c- contract that stipulated that you can't.
3: Well, yeah, that's the thing. But like, apparently, um, the the prod, like pro they they did say that they um that they tested like the, their fighters, but this is the same like place that was given. Like they were, they gave all their people cash, <laughs> straight cash, and then they had to stash it. They had to they had to find ways to get this money like across like fucking customs hundreds of thousands, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Ain't nothing like money in a black bag.
3: Shit, hell yeah. I mean, pretty much in, like, um, like, I know one, like, one guy said that he's pretty sure there were some people, like, who were probably stuffing it in their pants, but, you know, that was, like, the 90s, or early 2000s where no one really cared much about, you know, but I guess before nine eleven and shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, pre nine eleven.
3: Yeah, pre nine eleven so people I mean they could they could do that type of shit and no one
1: really cared. Yeah, I gotta get it. matter of fact, I I think I am gonna invest in this uh UFC fight pass and um look up some old pride videos and stuff like that. Real talk I've been thinking about maybe joining the gym and getting into some um because um I used to know this chick who um who did it. She matter of fact we We're talking about Virginia uh, off air, (laughs) but um, uh, she—I went to her gym one time because she's also a party promoter, and um, she booked me for a show. So I had to go to her gym to go pick up flyers, and um, she was in there hitting the bags and stuff like that. And this is before MMA was really popping, like how it is now. And now I'm like, damn, like you know, I'm thinking about getting in on it, or at least you know, if not that you know, getting back into some karate or kung fu and all that. Cause I did, I did shorin Rue karate and I did some type of, um, kung fu in my lifetime. So
2: I don't know, there's something to do. Yeah. I mean,
3: like, I mean, like, I, I, I still want to go back to Tai Chi, mm. but, um, see, like the thing is though, like, I would want to do it like seriously, but not serious to the point where you know you gotta like dedicate your life to like like serious like you know to the point where you know I'm not like with a whole bunch of old people doing the shit yeah. or you know arthritis or whatever, like seriously doing doing it like I guess like in an action like a, in a in a controlled environment, but not to the point where you know i gotta i gotta you know I gotta think about you know such and such i don't know person or whatever like that think about my chi um you know, while I'm sleeping or something, I don't know. Don't <laughs> do it fast, do it casually but seriously, but then I feel like if I take that type of route then no one will really want to work with me if I if I try to like to get like a serious person.
2: Yeah, um that's interesting. Um Tai Chi as a martial art, um are
1: there like competitions
3: and things like that? I have I, I don't think so like I remember when I was a kid that um because you know ne- like you, you remember like Tachi Chi Tai Chi 1 Tachi 2 and Tachi 3 those movies and um I think it was in one of the and shit, even Tai like Jet Li's Tachi Master one of my favorite Kung Fu movies
1: all the time
3: yeah. that's, not even, that's not even Kung Fu <laughs> 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 it's called a Kung Fu movie. Um, I know, like I know, for some, it's, it's, uh, for some, for whatever reason, like a lot of those movies, it was a lot of them, especially like with Shaolin Kung Fu specifically with the monks. They'll always say that only one person knew like a certain style or whatever, like that, was like with Tai Chi, but no one would really use it because it was too powerful. And I'm pretty sure I don't I have no idea. The, uh I don't know much about the story of Tai Chi, but I do, You know, someone created it, and it was created for self-defense. But no one really uses it for that because it really I guess it, it seem it seems like it really it really focuses on yourself more than it focuses on fucking your opponent up.
1: Because yeah, even like with kung fu, like a yoga type of thing.
3: I mean, yeah, because like even like with even with kung fu, you know, with kung fu, from what I'm understanding, you know it's for your self-defense to a certain extent, but you're not really supposed to hurt your opponent, where in karate, you're supposed to fuck them up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with, um, I believe, Taekwondo, which um, I've learned that um, I, I always thought that, that that karate was the most popular martial art in America, but it was actually Taekwondo.
3: I mean, know well, if you, I mean, I, I'm sure like a lot of this is like really like regional though too. Like I do know like in Baltimore, there's Taekwondo, there's it, it seems like there's always karate somewhere though, and kung fu to a certain extent. But I see more Taekwondo and karate.
1: Yeah, and Kempo karate is big here too. Which I'm not um, exactly sure. See, so like, like this is the weird thing, and you know, I know because like. And it's something I've always meant to come back to is like the history of it all, because you know when I was in karate, you had like a big part of it was learning the history and so we had to learn about Okinawa and then there were three different types of karate there was uh Sean which is what I did, Gojin rule and then Shotokan, which I think was the main most popular one that people do, so then mm-hmm. I don't know what Kempo karate is and I guess taekwondo probably comes from some other place that's not Japan, but I'm not sure. But.
3: but then like no one really talks about like like the first known martial arts from Africa or whatever like that.
1: Yeah, I was about to um I was about I was about to bring that up. uh um, what was that called again? I
3: don't know, but I know my man Eddie Gordo does it on a video game.
1: Oh oh oh, 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 oh. Well, that—that well, that uh, yeah, uh, you're talking
3: about capoeira. But I mean, but actually, that was still kind
2: of—that um, was the Brazilian the, thing. But I mean, but that's still pretty early, though, isn't it? I mean, compared um, to like, like kung fu, right?
1: Well, I think, I think that Caporia came from something else in Africa, but. Um,
3: believe hey, they give me some
1: African, African shit, yeah, 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 yeah. It came from something else in Africa, but the way that that developed was that, um, um the Africans they had to like you know when they were on the slave ships and stuff like that, and on the plantations or whatever in Brazil, um they were training, but they had to make it look like they were dancing, and so that's how that whole thing developed, and that's why it looks the way it does. And um, I think I did see a UFC fight one time with somebody who did it, and he fucked the dude up. Um, And I feel like some elements of it might be in Anderson Silva's style, because he kind of reminds me of Eddie Gordo sometimes for some reason. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, and then you can go into the whole uh, hidden colors route where they talk about the first ninjas being African and stuff like that.
3: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, every. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's one thing to be saying this shit, but at least say you know from you know I don't know a source and you know the the fifth brick of the third period and Timbuktu some shit. I don't know. You just coming up with me coming at me with all these all these diff, all these different shit is cool. It's interesting. I watched all the three different, all the, all the three Hidden Colors, but I still feel like all this shit is hitting me because you're not telling me where it's from. And <laughs> hey,
1: you know what's crazy is, like, I've been seeing all these criticisms of it, and, um, oh, man, somebody was, um, <laughs> somebody was going off on Twitter, like, because I think, when oh, the Hidden Colors 4 come out? Oh, uh, uh, was well, he's still working on it. But like somebody was talking about like hitting colors fifty seven and then like, you know you know, something about Africans and aliens or flying pyramid and they're just making up like all this funny stuff, dealing with flying colors. I mean I'm uh hitting colors. Flying
2: colors. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um you know, a lot of the people in the conscious community uh him one because he's saying things and not not um, you know citing any sources and then some of his information might be a little bit off and you know it's really just kind of him saying random shit like you know going into how you know the first ninjas were African <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stuff like that which you know I you know I, I do think that there may be some type of validity to it but you're not giving me anything to go back and research and look up so.
3: But see, uh, well, I, I think that's the thing. Like with a lot of like these these type of conscious people, is that they give you like a, an idea, right? But it's just the fact that, that everything is based on that everything comes from Africa. We know civilization comes from Africa, but the thing is, you just can't be w- walking around saying that everything comes from Africa. Like after a while, she gets played out.
1: Yeah, I mean after a while, you have to start sourcing, you know, you gotta, you gotta have some type of sources or some type of documentation or some type of proof to, you know, what you're saying. And, you know, that's why, you know, my favorite people out of this whole conscious thing are, you know, the Harmon Ross squad, because, you know, they're big on, um, you know, citing their sources and everything like that. And, you know, dispelling, certain rumors or not rumors but certain um, I guess myths and legends even if it you know does make black people look good or whatever you know if it's not the truth it's not the truth so now one thing that they do say I was just listening to it earlier they were talking about how um, um, and actually brought it up about how the theory of evolution started in Africa and now they did oh shoot man uh Where's my phone? Because I did, they did, um, have a source from this guy. Okay. Um, and it's actually a Muslim guy, and he wrote in his book about, or something like that, which I gotta look it up, but, um, he was writing about it, um, and, you know, basically he got this from, um, Africans, and so, um you know, basically that the Africans had this theory of, uh, I I think it's called the Book of Animals or something like that. That's what he wrote. Oh, uh, you know,
3: I've heard that before, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, basically that the the idea of evolution was around before Darwinism, and that, you know, Darwinism isn't necessarily evolution. It's, you know, just, you know, his, his spin on it or whatever. And then um, I actually started reading this book called um, The Evolution of Racism. And Darwin, you know, he was taking his time about getting his book and his theory out and all of that, and he was working on it. And some other guy actually came up with the theory and pretty much had the whole thing written out kind of before Darwin. And he actually sent Darwin his stuff about it, and Darwin got scared, like, oh, shit, this other guy came up with the idea, and he's going... (laughs) I'm uh, going to put it out and get all the credit for it. So I got to um finish reading that because, you know, this book goes into, like, how, um, how, you know, all that shit has been used to, I guess, support various racist ideas. But, um,
2: I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, like, shit, sociology, you go into, like, um, <clears throat> um, like, early, like, fucking, like, early 20th century sociology and, like, you know, how it was used in, in a weird way to kind of, um, from, like, from what I can recall, like, kind of, um, I mean, pretty much, you know, like, the whole thing about racial zoning and stuff like that, a lot, a lot of that came from what sociologists were saying in that time and stuff like that.
1: Um, yeah, and um, there's a guy, um, Downs or whatever, the guy that um, Downs syndrome is named after? Yeah. And, um, you know, he had his whole theory on the races um, that was based off of the theory of evolution. And basically, that, you know, you had, you know, the white race, which was the best one. And then you had, you know, you had black people and then you had the Mongols. And basically, Down syndrome was called um, Mongolism because the people came out looking Asian or, you know, Mongolian or whatever. They call it like, Mongolian syndrome or something like that. And, Basically, how you know they were inferior race, and you know, whatever it is, um, that makes you have you know what's now known as Down syndrome, it um, made the baby come out as like a vestige of you know a primitive form of humanity, like the Mongols or whatever. And ten years later, he realized that he was all wrong about all that, and that you know, there was no racial superiority, and so he worked to um, get that name off of you know, that condition, and it was called Down syndrome. But by that point, it was too late. And um, there's this whole thing on, I think it was on NPR, I mean, it was on BBC, about um, about how, you know, people from Mongolia still have to deal with <laughs> um, the stigma of being Mongolian because that particular disorder was named after them.
2: I can only imagine,
3: um, but, you know, speaking of, uh, like, race, um, I did have like a little um, racial thing. At least from, I'm assuming it was racial. Mm-hmm. It damn sure seemed like it. When I went to the market the other day, like two days ago. So, um, you know, I get my stuff out the cart, I pack it up, I'm walking out, and uh, one of like the like the workers for the market, he keeps coming up with like a cart, and he, I guess he sees me, and he like he puts up like um. Like, uh, like a, I guess it was like like a plastic screwdriver or whatever like that. And he goes, hey, look, I got a shank.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. And, you know, I'm kind of like looking
3: at him. And I didn't really know. I didn't know how to tell you, but I'm just like, man, talking about shank. I'm pretty much just going to assume at this point that i some black, because how many people do you know? Like, would you? How many people do you think he would go up to and say, "Hey, I got shank"?
1: I mean, was he like threatening with it, like as if you were going to attack him, or maybe he was trying to relate to you because black people carry shanks.
3: He was trying to relate with me, relate to me because black people carry shanks. Now the thing is, I mean, should, should I like respect that or should I not? I mean, you know, I've been, you know, I I, I, I like I like to, I like to carry stuff, you know, but at the same time, I don't think you should, you know, automatically assume that I'm carrying a shank. You know, I could be carrying, you know, carrots and and you know, potatoes and shit like I, like how I was. The guy slow. No, he wasn't as slow, I mean, he looked like you know, like one of those hipstery type of people that you know, he had like even long hair and ponytail, and it seemed like he just seemed kind of happy. I got shake, oh, okay. I got a shank buddy, like my my fellow black brethren, some shit like that. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, hold on, was the guy black or white? He was white. Oh, Okay, okay. I mean, if
3: it was black, I wouldn't. I don't think I would, Honestly, I don't think I would really care
1: that much. But I mean, like, it's
3: just such and, a random thing to say to somebody. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and, and, it, it, and it's not like I mean I don't know. Like let's say if, if I was on the because you you know about my different my my, my interesting uh, situations on bus stops. You know, people coming up in cars. You know, and they realize I'm not, I'm not like a certain person, and they just they just like literally just like speed off and st- stuff like that. Yeah. So. If I was on a, I mean, like, if I was in that type of situation in yeah. here, if I'm coming out of a fucking market with bags, and he saw me with the card, I put, you know, I have, I put, I put my bags in, in another bag, and whatever like that, and I'm like, you know, I throw it over my shoulder, and I'm walking out. I have headphones on. Apparently, I came in and get food, and I think about a fucking shank. And he just comes out of nowhere. Just saying he has that, you know, he has a shank. Like, he, he, just, he needed to tell me
2: that, that he had a shank. It's the craziest thing. I mean, it's weird. I
1: uh, I don't know. I I'm baffled.
3: And I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that you know he's a bad dude, but like, but then you know, but make this goes into you know the whole. I guess you know they don't really see too many black people. Half the time when I'm in that market. I'm usually the only black guy there. It's like it's a small, it's a rather small market, so you could go within the whole market, and you know you can probably put, you can figure out you're the only black guy there.
1: I just and it, <laughs> I just don't understand how that's a way to open up a conversation with anybody.
3: I mean, well, yeah, that's true, too. Maybe he's maybe socially socially awkward. Maybe you see, I don't even think Larry David would do some shit like that.
1: I mean, I you know, I ask if he's slow because, you know, a lot of times, you know, shopping cart, I mean, shopping cart uh, dudes are usually the ones who have some type of mental disability.
2: I mean, I've seen him around before, and he seems pretty, seems to as a whip. Huh. Um, hey, buddy, I have a shank.
3: But, I mean, but then maybe, you know, like, Pete, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's seen me around before. I mean, I've, I've seen him around. But I've never had any type of conversation with them.
1: And you're not somebody who they're gonna forget.
3: Well, see, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah that too. But I don't, I don't know. It's like if I was outside smoking a cigarette, because, you know, because then, cause then, like sometimes people will come up to me specifically and ask me for a cigarette. People will specifically come up to me and ask me for a dollar. Now. It's interesting how people ask me for money, right? But then at the same time I still had a stigma of being, you know, kinda like lowly in a way, where they know I can they can ask me for like a cigarette or tell me about a fucking shank. I, I just I, I mean, find it fascinating.
1: <laughs> I mean they figure they probably figure that 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 um that you being black of course you would have Hello Ones because <laughs> you're going to the script club later on. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh,
3: that's right. Oh, so look, um, there's this a guy and I don't know I I I feel kind. Of, it seems like he he really he really needs some help. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes. But he seems so clean that it seems like he has a home to go to, but I'm not trying anyway. Um I'm walking out of Starbucks and you know, I'm walking, I have headphones in and you know how, like, when something was, you know, man, it's like a, a big thing is going on. Someone, like, hold their hands up and it's, like, stop you before, you know, you, you walk any further. Mm. So, I'm walking. I see him, and he, he just does that to me. And so, I, I look at him first, and then I, I pull my headphones out, and I'm looking at him, and he says, hey. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, and so he pauses for me, like, four four seconds, and he's like,
2: can I have a dollar? And
3: the because the way he did it, I got kind of mad. I said, no. You <laughs> know, I, I, I was I could walk in past him, but and all actually I probably I, I would give him a dollar if I had like one like just really in my pocket. Yeah. If someone asked me for money, I would I would, and, and I mean for real, like usually if someone asked me for money, I would give it to them. Because I I mean, shit happens, man. Like, I mean, I understand. I mean, regardless of whether, whatever, whatever you trying to do with it, I understand. But if I had to go to my wallet, I won't do that shit, no. But sometimes, like, in, in Baltimore, like, from downtown, I specifically, I usually have, like, change and, like, like, dollars in my pocket so I can give out the people to ask me for it. You know what? Um, I
1: used to do that, but I don't anymore because... Because we pens- start seeing the same people... people. I remember being in D.C. and I had to tell somebody, yo, I just gave you money yesterday. (laughs) And then sometimes it's like they'll be lined up. So it's like you might not see the second one, so you give a certain amount to one and then the other one, so you do that. And it's like, damn, I ain't got nothing for you now. (laughs) And I realize now that they start coming out in teams and stuff like that. So I'm just like, yo... This is not my responsibility right now, you know. I feel like I've spread enough money around um, homeless people throughout my life. And then another thing, too, is I guess I want my dollar to do something that's going to benefit somebody, right?
2: So, Mm -hmm. you know, me giving you this dollar
1: um you know how is that going to benefit the world versus me using this dollar to
2: get something for like a kid who has a future
1: <laughs> you know like how you know if you know if like if I'm going to be giving this dollar away how can I make this dollar do the most for the world,
3: if that makes any sense. I mean, it, it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, because I mean, cause, like the thing is, like, when people, like, tell me they don't give money out to homeless people, I completely understand why they don't do it. Yeah. It's not exactly their, their responsibility, but, you know, like, I can only imagine. I mean, I remember one time... When for some I don't know what the fuck happened, I didn't I I lost like the money like money that I needed like to like to, to get on the bus like to go back home, mm-hmm. and someone like and I was like I was kind of like a kid. Someone noticed that I didn't have any money like cause the way I was like kind of panicking like you know like looking through my pockets, and this came over and just gave me like gave me the money for to, to, to get to on the bus, and like ever since that day you know I never I just never forgot about it and I'm saying so like whenever I can help somebody. Like giving them like a simple dollar or some shit like that. I mean, is this the least I can do? I mean, just trying to help someone out, express karma, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, like that, um,
1: I do. Like if somebody is like, "Yo, I need some money to get on the bus or something like that."
3: Yeah.
1: Then yeah, I'm giving you this money because I know you got somewhere to be, and or like even if it's like like a rapper who you know is trying to sell his mixtape or something like that you know, even if your shit is garbage, I'm a, and if I had the cash, I'm going to buy that shit. I'm going to check it out. Uh,
3: that's, I do I, I gave up on doing that, man. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I haven't yet to see any type of reward for doing it. I don't feel nothing. I'd rather give my shit to a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, bro, like, oh,
1: man, that's a, I guess that's a good debate. Like, <laughs> should you give your money to a, like, like, you have $5, should you buy a rapper's mixtape in the street or give it to a homeless person?
3: That's the thing, though, like, if, if I see you around, like, you know, our homeboy, like, a uh, shout-out to Shooty on duty. Shout-out to Shooty on duty. Now, like, you know, he, he caught me at a bad time. Like, you know, when, when, remember when I, I told you I saw him when I had my cardio granted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he he hit me like, oh, my man. And I was like, oh, shit, shooty. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, the mall, deep cars. I remember you. Well, your homeboy, yeah, whatever like that. I said, oh, my cousin. I said, oh, he, you know, he he doing what he do. That's what's up, man. But look, listen, you know, I got the CD. I'm like, look, shooty, for real. My, I, you my man, but I can't do it right now. And, you know, like... It was, I mean, it was just all love though, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he, he's, he's a senior, like he's a really, just a, you know, he just loves everybody. Yeah. He just, he just want to support him. Everything, i mean, compared to like, you know, like someone you see like Security Square Mall in the parking lot, you know, parking lot heckling you and shit, and they would be mad like, man, fuck that nigga, you know, you're not trying to support me. I'm out here trying to do, you know, the right thing with my life. You know, I got kid, I'm trying to feed and shit like this, shit like that, you know. Like, <laughs> nigga, no hear that shit. <laughs> who gives a fuck? No one cares. Like, I mean, who gives a fuck? I mean, like, you know, like in high school, you know. Remember, I told you, like, um, before, before high, before I would go to school, I w- I would used to roll around as one homeless dude and just walk throughout like the street with him.
1: I do remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Yeah,
3: you know, he, you know, he had a college degree. Well, maybe it was lying, but no, he was like a real, like he would read like the New York Times and shit. So sometimes I would like save, like if I, if I, if I would get one, I would save it for him. So he could read. And he'd be telling me different shit about the stock market. I never understood before when I got deep into it. And he told him about his life, you know, I was walking around with him. And of course, eventually I had to get my like 50 cents on a dollar, of course. But, um, he told me that, you know, simply the freedom, you know, he had like three kids, he had a wife. $100,000 a year job, but he just got tired of like just being, you know, tied down to that. And, you know, even being tied down to vacation time, being tied down to the responsibilities of having children and then a wife, you gotta, he put it kind of bluntly. He said, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta cuddle or you gotta fuck every day or every other week. That's not what I want in my life. That's what this man told me. <laughs> That's not what I want, but now, right now, I I have all this freedom, and I'm like, you have all this freedom, but I mean, to be honest, I mean, you you, you smell, you know, you, I mean, you know, you you, you asking me for like you asking a high school kid for money right now, but apparently you you're, you're pretty content with yourself. He says, yes, I am. And I say, hey, <laughs> I do so much I can say about it, shit.
1: I mean that's the um that's almost like the story of the Buddha. Like, I mean
2: yeah,
1: you know he was the prince and he lived this life of luxury and he saw that there was suffering in the world and he left and he, you know he left his child and his wife and he went out to go find, uh you know the truth.
2: Well Edward, I don't think he's
3: trying to find the truth though that's the thing at least this one isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But, I mean, but, yeah, but, you know, like, and then because of him, I, I became kind of entangled. I, 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 I started, I understood, like, the network that he was involved in. And I can't think of his name right now, but he, like, someone would come up to me, and, you know, I'm like, oh, I asked someone, so I, I, gave, I gave him the money. And sometimes, they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, like a network of homeless people?
3: Yeah, 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 because, yeah, um, I realized the network of homeless people, so, and then some, some of them, they knew I, I would talk to them. And so, before that, I see him come up to me, I come out like a bagel shop, whatever, like that, I'm like, oh ask, oh, ask someone, so I gave him money early this morning. He said, oh, okay. He, one time, like, one time I did that shit, and the person, like, it was a woman, she said, he didn't tell me that, that you gave him money today. And you know, I got I got like it was kinda of like my mother like my mother would like the alley cats. I just became kind of involved with people like homeless people and how they live <laughs>
2: in this one section.
1: Wow. Oh it was yeah. it, it was really interesting. I mean it like it almost sounds like a you
2: know,
1: like a hippie commune.
2: I mean,
3: yeah, but I mean, I guess I mean I I can I can I guess I can if you're a free spirit I guess I I can see people being interested in living that type of lifestyle because you know I asked the dude I'm like, you know, where do you sleep at night? And he just said wherever I want to. And you know it's kind of I mean it's kind of deep, but you know you're not in the fucking forest, you know you, you're not on you know lush grass and you know nice trees and waterfalls that our favorite reggae artists talk about you're in you're in slums rats crawling over you that probably have a bubonic plague although there are, there are lots of diseases in the jungle that we do know of but still at the same time
1: <laughs> I um you know, you know that reminds me of this um this true life that came on uh, MTV years and years ago about the life of a hobo Mm -hmm. and he was basically talking about the same thing about being free and this is the lifestyle that he chooses to live and he would just hop on trains like, you know, cargo trains and go from town to town and just live his life.
2: So,
3: it seemed really interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, like like, there's been like two times I really felt like I really helped someone out. I remember the time when I told you I was coming out of work and I gave this guy $20 so he can, he can, he can catch the Greyhound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it really seemed like something was wrong with them. And then I remember like that, I think that same night or whatever, or the day after I, I told you about it and I said, I really don't know if he was like lying or not, but you said, well, his acting was good enough. So maybe you should just accept it as, you know, he was a good actor. Because I mean, it really seemed like there was something wrong with him, and he like, because he was crying, like he didn't know, what, like he didn't know how he was gonna get home, wherever the fuck he was going. Um, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like he was already like teary eyed. Like, he was kind of teary eyed, but then he like, it was like a, it wasn't like you know how you see like in the movies, like you know you have like two or three tears come down or like on the show. He was like crying like a fucking, like a, like a baby that you, that you took a lollipop from or some shit like that. Damn. And I thought, and I don't know, I just felt bad for him. So I was like, look, man, here, take this fucking $20 and get on. He just seemed really thankful for it. So I'm hoping that he actually did what he had to do with it. But, um, the other time, it was, it was recent, last year actually. Um, there was this woman, and she was coming up to me, and this is by the time, you know, I I was pretty down and out. I, I was pretty broke. But, um, I was coming from work, and I was always like, pissed off, you know, I, had to, I was coming from work anyway. <laughs> and, uh, she came up to me, and she was like, probably around mother's age. And, um, she said, Hey, can you give me some, can you give me somebody to get something to eat? And I'm like, Look. And, you know, I was about to shake my hand. She was like, No, no, I mean, like, like, really, can you give me something to eat? You know, like, I really just want a fish sandwich and, you know, like, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to take your money or whatever like that. I just, I like, seriously, I really want something to eat right now. I'm, I'm like, I'm just really starving, I haven't had anything to eat since, you know, the other day, whenever it was. Hmm. And it was like the like the shit, like her eyes. And, um, I went, I, so I went to the fish spot where was, I said, look, I said, you pick out, you pick out like a place you want your fish from. And she paid out some type of fish. It was like two dollars, though. So it wasn't. It wasn't it wasn't nothing. But um, yeah. So I we go up in there. I, I give her a fish sandwich. And um. And uh. I I got like some type of iced tea too, or whatever, like that. And then so I ended up sitting down with her, like a little bit, maybe like ten, fifteen minutes or whatever. And I was kind of just talking to her and talking about different different things. And she thanked me, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, now her, it looked like she was really down, down on her luck. Because I think she, she even gave me like, like a little, like a little bit of change she had, like to even like the, to, like to, to, to like, you know, to put a tax and shit like that, so. Yeah, man. Home, I mean, homeless people are injured because like, there's so many different stories about them. Like, it could be the college graduate who I was really cool with, who I would talk to every morning, literally. Or it could be like someone who just got really just fucked up in the game and their life just crumbled and they never they never like, you know, got back on their feet. Damn.
1: That's that's really interesting. I don't think I've ever really sorry, I I think one time I had a conversation with a homeless person. It was um we were. I was at um, Chinatown um, by the metro stop in DC, and um, there was a homeless guy. He was going in the um, trash can looking for some food, and then he started talking. It was me and my homeboy. And he started talking to us about something, and he spoke, you know, perfect English, perfect diction. And he sound, I forgot what he was talking about or whatever it was. He sounded really smart. And we didn't really ask him his story or anything like that. But we were just thinking, like, why is he out here? You probably should have asked him. I think we went away somewhere, though. But that was just wow. Like, you know, it's a, it's a variety
2: of uh, people and stories out here. I mean,
3: yeah. I mean... As a, I mean, honestly, I mean the people who they're asking money for, you know, like from some of these people are smarter than the motherfuckers that asking money, they're asking money for it. From, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like that main dude, you know, like he's playing so many, like he's playing so so much shit about like the stock market to me, like he like he's the one who who put me on to like blue chip stocks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't understand I I didn't totally understand the concept of it and he told me about you know like residuals when it comes like stocks when it comes to different quarterly periods quarterly outputs um the bull market and stuff like that
1: you know what he probably has some money in some account somewhere for whenever he wants to go back or figure out what else he wants to do
3: I mean, maybe, but as a matter of fact, it was one, like, one person from, high, like, from, from my school, they, um, they saw me with them, and they brought it up, of course, in front of a whole bunch of people. There's <laughs> shit about it, and, like, you know, like, why you hanging out? Like, I, it, it was, like, was like, why are you hanging out with some fucking hobo? Whatever like that. And then, so, I said something like, uh, I was like, well, I mean, he's a smart dude. I said, he's probably smarter than all of us in this room right now. And he was like, I don't think so. How you going to say that he's homeless? And then I was like, well, I mean, if you know something about bull markets and, you know, blue chip stocks, then you come and holler at me. And he was like, huh? (laughs) it still my image though. Like yeah, if he was like, oh, oh, you were late today because you were hanging out with the hobo, huh? So yeah, it still kind, of, it it still always stuck with me though, but still, fuck it.
1: It sounds like some type of uh, movie plot.
3: <laughs> I mean, but like a movie plot, I don't know, like a, like some type of kid shit where he like but he's like a magical, he's like Santa Claus or some type of shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 my God.
1: Oh, man. So, yeah, we in the building, channel10podcast.com, all in your area, channel10podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, probably should make a Pinterest, probably about to get to Snapchat popping and Periscope and MeGrat. Um mm these other social media things whenever we get the time because we two very busy individuals out here doing things out here in the world
2: and shout out to uh, Baltimore you know what I'm saying shout out to all my homeless people shout out to all my uh,
1: original African ninjas <sighs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, and shout out to everybody in Brazil and all around the world practicing. of uh, Caporia, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Shout out to Eddie Gordo. And shout yeah. out to uh, Lou Kane from Mortal Kombat. Oh,
2: that's right. Mm-hmm.
1: you got any shout outs
3: um I don't have not really any shout outs but I guess like some last words though um you know if you're walking down the street and you can help some somebody in need just try to help them out if you can if it's a dollar two dollars whatever just try to help them out and uh let's see and listen to Jim Stone's new album. Oh, man. The Blind Elephant, yeah. That's a whole other conversation we got to get into next time.
1: Yeah, but I'm going to check that out. Um, uh, damn, I'm about to talk about all the leaks that happened. Um, Young Jeezy, a whole bunch of new Drake, Drake records. Um, ASAP Rocky just dropped his album in the last couple of hours. Oh and shit! Little pussy's album is streaming.
2: <laughs> so there you go. Mm. Um, eat more mm. vegetables. Um, and you know when, when, and you know when you're helping people out, really um, think about. You
1: know, it's good to help people, but. You want to make sure that you're making the biggest impact that you can possibly make with the limited resources that you have, because sometimes you need some help, too. So,
2: Very true. save the Burn. children. And
0: we out. Peace. The feeling is here. Yeah, son, you feel it, man. What up, son? You got to just do it, CNN yo. Yo, what up, man? On it's a different channel, son. What up? on, man. What up, watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. What up, all good, baby, in every Greenwich hood, bridge. son. What up, yup. Yeah. CNN, Network, Network, Channel 10. Network. It's on again. Network. Street Network. niggas, it's grown men. Bold face. get gather your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace. Catch more beef than Scarface face. Network. CNN, Network. Network. Network, Channel 10. Network. It's on again. Street Go. niggas, it's grown men. Face. get gather your face. face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace. Catch more beef.